Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. Max, how's it going? Great. Well, pretty good. Okay, we'll keep that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that seemed <laughs> ominous. Uh, we are also here with intern Erica. We are unfortunately without our great friend and pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Um, this will actually come into play down the road in this episode as well because uh, we have a very unique dessert. We uh, Full disclosure to the listeners, uh, we recorded the dessert just before we're doing the opening. We did a little bit of it in reverse. Yeah, it was. it's really good though. It's fun. Yeah. It's a good it, bit idea from Shane. It's a great bit idea from Shane and he is sick as a dog and that's why he's not here. Otherwise, he would have loved to host what we had is I guess our our second dating game with our, our now friends, uh, Bethan and Cody, who came in from Ottawa to be on in person, because if you listened a few episodes ago, we did it, but we lost the, the, the footage. So it was nice to redo it there. And they delivered. Yeah, they, they were, were great. Yeah, very charming. Very funny. Yeah, that's yeah. a good tease. So stick around for the dessert. Uh, today on the show, our main guest is Virginia Hanlon Grohl, the mother of rock star living legend to some uh david grohl she has a book out called from cradle to stage stories from the mothers who rocked and raised rock stars if you listen to this podcast you know that i was uh, fortunate enough to do a uh moderate a q a with uh dave grohl and virginia handlin grohl at uh, cmw Canadian music week maxi was there go back a couple episodes you can listen all about it this was the interview we did the day before um that and uh, it was a really great conversation uh, we'll get to virginia in a bit talk a bit about her book before that I feel like I'm on one. I'm like, I'm jacked up. Do I, I feel like I'm talking fast right now? Uh, you no. have for about the past. How long have the Raptors been in the play? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do feel good. And, and I did see a tweet the other day about like, uh, you know, is this a basketball pod? And the answer to that is for the foreseeable future, uh, while the Raptors are still alive and well in the playoffs. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. But we're not getting into the X's and O's people. So uh, if you're interested in the idea of love and what it means to truly feel something, that's what this podcast really is, because that's what we're all experiencing right now as Raptors fans. Absolutely. So don't, don't, don't be uh, scared away, yeah. because right now it's a truly joyous time in the city of Toronto. This weekend was insane. I got to watch Game 7. Was it Game 6? Game, game 6, six yeah. yeah. At um, your building. Yeah. You weren't there, though. No, so we, we got together for game five. I don't think we've recorded a pod since then. Okay. We were going to, but we got kind of drunk that night, and then you called it off. You said, no pod tomorrow. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we were supposed to do a Friday morning one, I think, because it was a Thursday night game. When uh, I called it off, I, I, call, I texted Shane, and he's like, is Mikey having a couple? Is that why it's been called off? I said, no, no, Mike was down to do it. I made the executive decision. There was a few other things that got in the way of... of uh, totally. Yeah. I'm glad that you made it clear, because I was... I, I no, said you're ready to, you, to go? I said, I'll do it. I'll yeah. get up. I said, I might still be drunk, but I will do it. Uh, so that was the game uh, That was the game um, five in Philly. It was, we had a... There's like a like a party room on the roof of my building so I had a bunch of people over Maxie came he brought his dad he brought his buddy Dan brought his, uh, brought his buddy Matt yeah childhood good friends uh, that have loved the Raptors from the beginning yeah. and my dad you know my dad uh, you know put a basketball hoop up in our backyard uh, we went to games in the 95 season we shared season tickets with a few other families up in the 300s uh, during like the height of the Vince era my dad grew up loving basketball he's from New York City like we are we have that bond, and uh, f so to be there, all all of us watching hoops together that night was awesome. That and then it only got better. Well, that was like the the, the you know the, the the appetizer for what was to come on Saturday, which was Game Six, and um, I was fortunate enough to get a ticket to Game Six. So how'd you get it? So this is actually an interesting story. So my good friend Jimmy, uh, who you've met, yep. we uh, he gave me a hot tip because he always buys like single tickets, right? He's like, listen, like there's going to be a presale at this time, and this is going to happen. So before the series even started, they all went live, and he said, if you go online now, you can get like presale tickets to like the later games that aren't guaranteed, like Game Six obviously because you're guaranteed the first two at home um and then obviously 
if they win in uh, Milwaukee, they have to come back for six. I was able to get third row in the 300s for $156 before the series started. It was a single. It was by myself. And so I was super excited to be going to that game, uh, which which was interesting. And I'm going to talk a bit about that experience. But... um, for that game, you watched it again in the same place on the roof because, as listeners know, Dan Hamilton and I live in the same building. So Dan booked the uh, the viewing room, the the the, what the, 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 the yeah, party like room, the, the rec room. With yeah, the, the rec TV room. It's got a TV. Yeah, a so you floor. guys, all of our friends, were there on the roof uh, of the building watching this this monumental historic moment in Toronto sports. And it was awesome. We all were pretty superstitious. Like I wore the same outfit uh, that I wore to the game that I went to because that we won that the shot. Game. Yeah. Uh, not the shot. Uh, Cause I went with Mike D to game. Oh, game game. The, the, not the double overtime one. The one after that. Yeah. The, the, the game four. Yeah. yeah. So I wore the, I wore the same outfit and then it wasn't working though because the Raptors <laughs> were down. And so like, okay, I was on, I was drinking vodka sodas. Okay. That's not working. I got to open, I got to go to beer now. And then when they started to make a run, I was in a particular seat. And I was like, I'm not moving from this place. Like, if anybody, like, fucked up the feng shui of the room, I was like, get back to your spot. Yeah, boy. Is it, it's kind of, and you really feel like you have a part in, in, in the success of the team. I was talking about this with Danica. You know why that is? Because I do the same thing. I yeah. wear the same things on game days. It's bec- and I was saying this in general. Like, one of the things that's so weird about basketball is I was like, that, you know, that game ended up being sort of like this monumental day that I had no direct control or result, uh, hand in the result. Like, on my wedding day, I was there. For my child, I was a part of it the raptors i have no real part in it so the only thing you can control is these weird superstitious bullshit things it's like it's like you thinking that you're having a part in something that you ultimately have no control over and i've said that like i find that really difficult to deal with because if if i'm moderating something or i'm interview, if i'm involved i feel comfortable because i have a hand in how the outcome is going to be the raptors is completely out of my control such a roller coaster of that's emotions that's sports that's sports so that's why we do these weird things you sit in that spot you sit in that spot oh you fucked it up by pulling out your phone you know what i mean because we think we're controlling something with which we have no control over yeah and and it was awesome. It was a bunch of the Hamilton pals and their and their and their wives came in. Uh, Dave Friesen, a, a friend of ours, uh, who I went to uh, McMaster with and lived in eighty five Arkell, who I played intramural basketball with, he was there. And uh, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, we all know what happened, but like watching the game itself. Spoiler alert: they won. They, they won. won the finals. Um, but the the craziest thing was, you know, we're, we're all celebrating and hugging each other when the final buzzer. And also, you don't want to start celebrating until the buzzer has rang. Like, you know, even though the game was basically out of reach in the last ten seconds, and there's some fouls. Lots can happen. Lots Superstition can happen. etiquette would would require nobody celebrate before yeah, the buzzer yeah, every, goes. If every, if anybody starts getting too cocky, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> we have not won yet. <laughs> but then we open uh, the doors to go out onto the patio, which is the top floor of the building. It's what nineteen floors, and we just like begin to hear just like the sounds of people cheering and cars honking. And we look over, and literally in the intersection of John and King, people are jumping and celebrating in the middle of the streets and then they disperse quite peacefully when the light changes yeah. and then when the light changes back they go right back into the middle and start jumping and celebrating and dancing and, dancing. and this happened at seemingly every intersection in the downtown core for the next three hours and and what i love the most is the toronto police reported that zero arrests were made yeah. so it was really the most like joyful uh, celebration that, that that seeming that that could exist when it comes to a sports victory. You know, it was so fucking cool the way that the city showed up and did it the right way. Totally. Eric, where'd you watch? I watched at my house. My two little brothers uh, came down for the weekend with their f- three of their friends. So there's five seventeen-year-olds watching with Ooh. me. Um, that was fun though. They're they're all very entertaining and uh, 
my one brother Jack, the one who I mentioned in the previous episode. Hickey Jack. Hey, Hickey, Hickey Jack. Hickey Jack. Yeah, he uh, he's very entertaining. He's quite the dancer. He's quite the showman. So he <laughs> he was getting really into it. Yeah, you got um, cool moves. So good. it seems like uh, all the Dreyer kids <laughs> can move. Speaking ja of Jack and I are pretty similar. Speaking of moves, uh, we posted some video footage of your birthday. Did you get any uh, DMs from that? Because people were messaging the Michael Much thing, being like, "Fuck yeah!" Like they were all no. really enjoying your. Bravado no. singing karaoke. I didn't get any DMs, but I also haven't been fired from any of my other jobs. Oh, that so was your concern. Big win. Yeah. Hey, did, uh, <laughs> not to uh, digress here, but how did Jack react to, uh, you know, us divulging his personal, you know. Max, his name is Hickey Jack. Hickey Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, how, how did that go? He, like, he was trying to act like Mr. Cool. He was like, well, he, he came into my house on Saturday. He's like, yeah, Erica, you listen to the pod. He's like, just so you know, like, these aren't the first tickies I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to stop you right there. That's oh, enough. Oh, wow, Jack. I know. You guys have some swag. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> no, I'm into it. <laughs> You're the first person who's ever said that. Yeah, you guys got something, something special. We're all lanky, awkward, I think. No, but when you get going. When we get really going, get yeah. going. So, Mike, tell yeah. us about your experience. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people that listen to this podcast and people in my life know that the Raptors are something that I have been sort of obsessed with uh, for the last, you know, two decades. I, I, I love the team. I love the sport. I love NBA basketball. Um, and I went to this game, and everything about that day was very interesting because uh, uh, Danica and Winnie, they went back to Hamilton because um, uh, they were staying over at um, – my father-in-law's because she had some stuff to do as well. So I kind of really had this this day to myself in the city, and I was like, "What am I gonna do?" Like I couldn't sleep when I woke up in the morning. It was like Christmas. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, eight thirty is so far away until tip off." I love this shit. So I like, I was like, "I'm gonna clean. I'm gonna clean the, the apartment because I can do that. And that will take my mind off things, and I'll listen to music that I love. I listened to like three Beatles records. Mm, oh, that's awesome. And I was just like feeling good. And it was a rainy day, and I was like, "Ooh, I don't like these vibes." And the sun would peek out, and. So then I go up and I see Dan and my brother who are on the roof and I, I I'm like guys good luck love you all. It's like you're going to war. Seriously. <laughs> and then uh, I started walking uh, to the arena and I put on uh, <laughs> what's the story Morning Glory by Oasis uh, that yeah. record. But that when the act, that specific song came in like that bam 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 it's like all your dreams are made. I was like I was walking and it was like I was surrounded by Raptors people going to the game. It was like we were all on this sort of like collective mission. Uh, had the rain cleared up at this point yet? It had cleared up for my walk because. Uh, leading into, you know, there's all this amazing... Torrential downpour. Yeah, and people were waiting to get into Jurassic Park, and everyone's like, oh, fuck, this is going to really ruin the vibes, because that's been such a big part of the yeah. Toronto story. It's like everybody's showing up. But, the, yeah, the sky's cleared. So I, I get to the arena, and I settle in, and I have a couple to my left, a couple to my right, because I got a single ticket. But I've, like, I go to basketball games. I've gone to a ton by myself in the past. Like, when the Raptors were shitty, I would literally, like, after work, I would just buy a single ticket, go... Because I wanted to see, like, say, Dirk with Dallas or somebody, someone from the other team, because our team wasn't very watchable at times. Um, so I'm used to doing that, and I'll get very vocal in the game, and I usually make friends with whoever's around me. I, I, I don't mind being alone and trying to make new friends. So I'm making friends with the couples. I have these three bros in front of me that actually knew their hoops really well. I felt like the couples were like Toronto sports fans. Like, they like, but they were like, the one woman was very drunk, but very lovable. She's like, <laughs> the refs are fucking us and I was like I was like well, I don't disagree but you know what I mean these things tend to even out but we are getting a bad whistle right now but it was like you could tell the crowd was getting very like Toronto woe is me like they don't want Canada to advance mm. sort of deal which I don't really have a lot of patience for that but they were great <laughs> the bros in front of me knew their shit and I was like calling out coverages like at one point like Kawhi came and, and uh, Mar I won't get too into the X's and O's but Gasol had to like drop the corner I'm like Gasol needs to go I'm like hit Gasol for three Play develops exactly how we called it out. And then that was, like, when everybody, like, my section was, like... Oh, we have a basketball savant yeah, amongst exactly. us. Yeah, exactly. And then, so, like, anyway, and I, it was just, like, a really fun thing. And, like, you become friends with the people in the crowd. The, the energy in the building was 
insane. Like, it was the loudest I've ever experienced. Uh, when Kawhi had that dunk that capped the big run in the fourth, oh. like, my God, like, it, it shook. And, and I, that, you know, you start to kind of allow yourself to maybe believe they're going to pull it off. There was actually a moment where I went to the bathroom in the, uh, uh, between the third and the fourth quarter. And I was like, well, I'm going to get one more beer because if you don't know it, an NBA game, you have to get the beer before the fourth quarter starts. And I was like, this could be like, this could be it, man. Like, this could be the final beer. You I want a drink. beer. Exactly. Yeah. But I kind of had to go to the bathroom. So I buy my big Coors Light and I'm like, okay, I'm going to the bathroom. I look and there's a lineup and I go, damn it. I'm like, I'm going to hold it. And then I said to myself, no, you're not going to hold it because they're going to be having an Eastern Conference Championship ceremony and you're going to want to see every fucking minute of mm. that. So you wait and you give up the first minute and a half of the fourth quarter because you know you're going to be witnessing history. But did, were you. Like, I shouldn't have had that thought because maybe the thought jinxed it. I know you never what? say that out loud. No. I, I think the confidence that they're going to win this means you're allowing yourself to lose a minute and a half at the start of the fourth. Yeah, that was confident. They were down going into the fourth, That's too, right. weren't they? That's, and they're in the midst of a run. But anyway, so uh, so I did that, and then I was able to uh, to go the, go the distance. I guess ultimately to sort of like uh, bring it back to one of the things that I thought was interesting about being there was <sighs> it was amazing to experience it, and I'm glad I experienced it. But I found myself kind of missing you guys. Ah. I did. I, I was thinking all my friends are like watching this and they're like losing their minds. And I'm experiencing something wholly unique. There's only 20,000 of us that got to witness that. You know, that's 20,000 people out of like, like over 6 million people watched on TV. Yeah. So I'm part of a unique group that saw something in person. But because I've only ever seen the championship trophy for the Eastern Conference handed out on TV, they hand it to LeBron, they hand it to Steph Curry, whatever. It almost didn't feel as real. It would have felt more real, weirdly, if I was watching it on TV with you guys. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I found myself, like, even though I was hugging strangers and stuff, and we were all, there was a communal sense of love, I found myself thinking, like, oh, it would be so fun to be with my brother and with Maxie and with Shawnee and all these guys, Julian, everyone that was at the, at the apartment at Dan Hamilton and just hugging. And I was like, I, was like, I you know, I kind of feel like I learned something here that I'm going to carry over yeah, to the Yeah, the company finals. is so important. Obviously, to be in the building is super special. But you're totally, like, I didn't feel that I was missing out by not being in the building. Exactly. I really felt so fortunate to be around you know, the people I love that loved the Raptors as much as me. I needed to do it for myself, though. I needed to experience it, and it was unique, and I've, I've invested a lot of time in this team. So, what were you going to say? Yeah, go ahead. Well, this is sort of the, the last part of my experience, which was amazing, before I meet up with you guys, yeah. and that's a whole other thing. Um, so I'm messaging with the nut because he's there and he's just like having like he's literally on cloud nine. Like I was like, what's up, man? Like we're going to go meet the guys. Like should I kind of hang around? I don't know. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just like so fucking happy right now like I'm so filled with this visceral feeling of fucking joy like I can't I, and, and people are celebrating and you're everyone's hugging and so I like I put my my little airpods in and I walked out into the streets you know this is like a good like you know I don't know 40 minutes after the game because I watched the ceremony I watched the speeches they handed out the trophy and I walk into the streets and the streets as everyone has seen is bedlam but not scary, just joy. I was putting some my Insta story, and I put my headphones in, and I walked through it. I walked all the way down Front Street, which was jammed. There was women dancing on cars. Everything was at a standstill. People were jumping out of cars, running around in circles, hugging other people, and it was like, it was packed, but it was moving. And I put my headphones on, and I played Only in Dreams by Weezer as I walked that <laughs> stretch. And it was like a cinema. And here's the crazy you, you thing. You felt like you were in a movie? I did, because, oh, yeah. here's the other thing. Because it had rained, and the weather was so weird that night, yeah, it, was it really created misty. a fog. Yeah. There was like a mist. It was like the fog of war after a crazy battle. I'm not, like, this is not my been so cinematic looking. It was, yeah. it was. And so I was, I literally, I'm just walking and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like you're just yelling <laughs> random shit. Like, fuck yeah. And yeah. people are like, yeah, High buddy. High-fiving strangers. Exactly. Yeah. It's the greatest. And, and, and I was almost like I was in a daze and I was walking, making my way toward you guys, like the group at the apartment. And it, like just the fog and the lights from the headlights and people dancing in the streets and it's just being shoulder to shoulder, but never like 
pushy or grabby like at a concert. It was just like, it's like everybody was working uh, together in concert to make it feel like this really amazing thing. And then I got up to you guys on the roof and we were watching the people keep joining the intersection. And Well, you know, when we were watching, like, you know, as I said, a lot of basketball fans in that room. But all of us, were, all of us said out loud, I can't wait for Mike to get back. Like, no, <laughs> honestly, because we were so happy for you. Like, like, I'm a huge Raptors fan, but like the win meant... Uh, just as much like knowing that you were in the building and you got to experience like meant just as much as anything else totally. like you specifically and then my other favorite moment of the night or my, probably my favorite moment of the night on a personal level is seeing you come through the door <laughs> and then you and your brother embrace yeah like, and it was the nicest it was really the sweetest thing you guys gave each other big hug and I know you guys have a, have had a tough year up to this point and and this, you are very uh, deserving of, of some good news. So this is the best fucking totally. news, we, uh, you know. It was, it was, it was, you know, it's funny, like, my phone blows up, like, literally, like, more so than when I, like, had a kid or got yeah. married. Like, my phone, and I didn't, oh, speaking of superstition, I didn't pick my, take my phone out in the fourth quarter. Because oh. they started doing, like, they were on a run. I didn't want to look at my phone. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to jinx it. Yeah, yeah. So when I pulled it out, it had, like, you know, 100 messages. But one of the things that was bittersweet is, like, one of the guys that loved arguing about the Raptors with you was my dad. Oh. And I was, like... Fuck, you know, it would have just been nice for me to be like, I told you the DeRozan trade was good. I, I, my dad, <laughs> my dad's like, DeRozan was loyal. I can't believe Masai did that. You uh-huh. know, and we had this hilarious ongoing thing throughout the season. And sat, the, the one text that I that I really did miss, or he probably would have called me and just been like, I can't believe it, son. Yeah. Like, yeah. he would have been so happy because he was a big sports fan. Oh like, my you know, god, the, the, the affection that you have for the Raptors, he had for the Dallas Cowboys, absolutely. And like, was and that's probably where you get your insane fandom from totally. on a certain level. Oh. Yeah. But it was bittersweet. And my brother, I could tell. We had a few drinks because he texted me immediately. I love you, uh, brother. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was really nice. Yeah, he posted a photo and his caption was like, "This is Mike's day. Everything about this day is for Mike." It was yeah. really or sweet. Like uh. We're walking through that door and I burst through the door to the roof, and you guys are all like, "Yeah!" It was like, Aww. it was it was a fucking moment, and I'll never uh, I'll never forget it. And it was great. And I I called I called Danica and I was talking to her. Like it was just like it was amazing. Yeah, and um. Obviously, we want to do on the finals, but there's this sense in Toronto, which is like, you know what? Like, if we get swept or whatever, it's like, it, this is still the fucking best. It's history. Like, like it's enough. It's enough. Oh. Like, and if Kawhi leaves, like, thank you for blessing us with this season and that moment and or the various moments throughout the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and then we all went out afterward and the whole city was just like, you know, I went I we went, went out and then I ended up at home. But I was so excited to wake up the next morning and just Go find a patio. Because I looked at the weather before I went to bed. I was like, oh, it's going to be like 20 degrees. It's going to be sunny. Lauren had worked overnight, so she was going to be sleeping the whole day. So I, I had some time to myself. I was like, I'm going to ride my bike down to King Street or downtown somewhere, find a, like a Starbucks or something with a patio, and just like consume as much NBA Twitter mm-hmm. and the recaps as possible. And it was the best. Like, I, And then I was like, you know, there's a guy in the coffee shop with a Raptors jersey on. We're, we're making conversation. I'm walking down the street. I'm giving a high five to another dude with a Raptors shirt. Like, the whole city was so happy. And, and I think the whole city's been happy Yeah. for the last, like, since it happened, right? Like, I don't know. I just feel like well, it's, I, it's amazing how much joy this can bring to a city. The, I find myself sitting and just staring off into the distance thinking about moments over the last, like, three weeks. Like, 
how things unfolded, like special basketball moments. Like it is so unique to sort of be in this position. You know what I mean? This town hasn't had a lot of winners. You know what I mean? I know TFC won recently, but like the Leafs have historically let people down. The Raptors have, you know, been on and off a joke to the larger league, you know, and even to this city at times, you know, it's been like the sort of ugly stepbrother, you know, Maxie, we've tried to go to bars and get the Raptors audio on and they're like, nope, there's like a Tampa Bay Vancouver game going on right now and we're not going to put the audio up. Yeah. You know, that's the way it's been for like 20 years and it's like, it just really felt special and I, I was also saying to Danica, like, you know, it, it really does feel like it belongs to everybody now. It's kind of been our thing. Yeah. And I know that's a stupid thing to say about the Raptors, but I think Raptors fans have a bit of a cult mentality. It's like, you know one when you meet one. I was going to say, one. on that note, di- obviously not, but like, when you see all the quote-unquote bandwagoners, sure. such as the me's of the world, who are just <laughs> like getting on this now because it's so much fun and like you can't resist, who like literally, I'm sorry, didn't watch a Raptors game until playoffs started. Yeah. Are you kind of like, hey, like, is your nose kind of up? You're kind of like, you don't know what's going on. No, the more the merrier. More yeah. the merrier. Yeah, I don't get it that It makes vibe the city really fun. And I think that's the difference between, like, perhaps, maybe just you guys, but, like, Raptors fans and other sports fans. Because I can only fucking imagine if the Leafs were doing so well right now and, like, people were trying to hop in. I don't know. Well, how do you think Leafs fans would react? I'm not a Leafs fan, so I might be biased, but like they're kind of obnoxious. I think they would kind of be like, "Think there'd be zero arrests." Oh, you you weren't cheering for the Leafs all year. Now you now you want to cheer for the Leafs? Like blah blah blah. As opposed to just being like, "Yeah, get the fuck in here and like cheer and like jump on board and like blah blah blah." Well, you know the the cool thing also about all this happening in the city is that you know if you're a person that's addicted to Twitter like me, it's like you're some bombarded, but it's sort of negative news stories all day long about just like people acting shitty to each other. But what's happened with this Raptors? run is that it's really highlighting what a beautiful multicultural uh, city Toronto is and how the Raptors have brought people together you see you know you, there's a great photo of fans in Jurassic Park and it's like every different kind of person is there and then the team has brought them all together the, the, there's been that great thread that came out today about Nav the super fan yeah. and Steve Kerr the coach of the Golden State Warriors shared it he said this is a great thread you know like this is this is what like being a great fan is all about um, yeah, and, and uh, there's also uh, the Star did uh, an article about different basket Raptors fans from around the GTA. So there's a grandma in Orangeville. Huh. You know, there's um, there's like a uh, East Indian basketball league, I believe. There's like a, a women's basketball league in the East End. It's like all these examples of just how this game brings people together. And I just like yeah. I, it feels so good uh, that we can talk about something positive in that way. That's Absolutely. what it's all about. At yeah. the end of the day, bringing yeah. people together. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I, I pulled up uh, some old drawings that that we reference on the Michael Mutt show, but of like on da- Crave, subscribe, on Crave, watch yeah. all eight episodes. Yeah, and I posted them on our Insta story on the Arkell's Insta story. But yeah, like I've I've been drawing pictures as a kid of Damon Stoudemire and Vince Carter, you know, from 20 years ago now. So I have to update it. And what did I text you? You text me. It's a great idea. I have to work on a Kawhi. I said, I said, yeah, Max, you need to go get some pencil crowns right <laughs> now and draw a Kawhi. The people would love it. I want to see like a Max Kerman original from 1999 compared to the Max Kerman original from 2019. It's definitely yeah. gotten worse though because I haven't the actually... The 1999 ones were good. I saw good. them on your Insta, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think I, I haven't, like, I used to draw all the time. I think a lot of kids do, but yeah. I haven't actually drawn. I to think draw it would be good to reconnect. I think yeah. it would be a fun exercise. Yeah, you really should. Yeah. yeah. I don't think kids draw anymore. No, they're just on their iPads. Probably. Mm. Making, like, rap beats and stuff. Not Winnie, yeah. though. <laughs> Not Raptors, rap <laughs> Make beats. sure yeah. Winnie draws. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Well, I was a, I drew a lot as a kid, also, as you can see on the Crave show. If you uh, subscribe to Crave, but the Raptors are in the NBA Finals. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know if I was ever going to get to say that or see it in my lifetime. These things are rare, especially if you follow the league uh, as closely as we do. You realize that like these things are cyclical and you need a generational talent to sort of get you there. And it's a confluence of events that makes a team good enough to make the finals. And shockingly, we, we are one of them now and history can't take that away. 
the last thing I'll say is it's, it's really fun to see the national media, like from the States, cover Toronto now. So, yeah. like, there's all these, like, publications where, you know, like the Ringer or Sports Illustrator, whoever, that don't typically talk about the Raptors much, but they're all like, I guess we're all going to Toronto. Let's check out this place. And totally. it's fun. Like, you feel like you're, you know, the king of the party. And the footage looked great on TV. Like, like yeah. the, the fans, like all of the footage that came out of the night of Jurassic Park and that stretch all the way down um, Bremner, yeah. like, it looks amazing. Like, it's like you really do go, fuck, it's a special city, man. And it's there's a certain sort of, like, vibe here that people uh, people really get. Yeah, didn't Charles Barkley give us a big shout-out? Oh, yeah, he loves Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. yeah, All those NBA guys, guys love Toronto. Nice. For, you know, they, even if we're not winning, they like coming here. Yeah. It's a fun place to party. It's awesome. It was a great night. It was a magical time. Uh, and on to game one on Thursday. Uh, you going, Max? I haven't. I don't, you going to pull, so. pull, pull some moves? Apparently, it's impossible. I imagine, like, every person who, who's looking for a favor has already asked. I don't know. We'll I see. heard 50K for courtside seats. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's was thrown around today, yeah. Yeah. We got to sell some more pod merch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we can't we'll keep giving it away we'll it for free like, like that. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's talk about Virginia Hanlon Grohl. Maxie, you joined us for this interview. Yeah, lovely lady. Very lovely. You know, she's a teacher. Kind of reminded me of my mom to a certain degree. You know, like an English teacher. Uh, definitely an incredible vantage point. <laughs> Just like, you know, how many people have been in her shoes to have, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Uh, a son who turns out to be the biggest musician or one of the biggest musicians in the world. There was a lot to talk about in this book. I did read a bunch of this book and it's actually really kind of a cool format. I think it's like a perfect sort of like coffee table book because she interviews the mothers of a lot of uh, big musicians and superstars, people like Dr. Dre, um, Amy Winehouse, Amy Winehouse's mother, uh, all sorts of people like Michael Stipe's mother, yep. uh, one of the Beastie Boys. I think it was Mike D. Maybe from the Beastie Boys. It's funny because like I'm looking at the thing now and it's like it's it's all the mothers' names like the, the Himes, their mother Donna Heim. Uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty impressive. And what's cool about it is throughout her interviews in these sections with the other mothers of these sort of successful musicians, uh, she has little vignettes where she'll it'll be like. Um, like vignette one, the conversation. And she'll talk about when Dave basically says he wants to drop out of school and go on tour across America and into Europe. A vignette two, my friend Wendy. And she explains why Kurt Cobain's mom, Wendy, isn't in the book. And she explains the first time they went to New York City to see uh, Nirvana play SNL. Yeah. And so you get these sort of firsthand recollections of her sort of view of those seminal moments in Dave's career. So anyway, I thought it was a clever uh, way to sort of approach a book like this. And I thought she was uh, very open. It was, a, it was a cool conversation. Yeah. Want to get to Virginia Hamlin Grohl? Let's do it. Check out the book from Cradle to Stage, stories from the mothers who rocked and raised rock stars. Well, one funny thing that happened uh, when we got to meet Dave at um, the event that you hosted was he was like, all right, let's go sell some books. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like just before they're about to hit the stage. And I just thought, like, you know what? Like, no, even if you're Dave Grohl, you're like, we, we got to move some more units right now. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was like a funny thought. Yeah. All right. Let's get to Virginia. get into it and I know you have a busy day I guess I do yeah. yeah you know you're sort of the the star now you're the popular one you're the one that everybody's talking to you're doing <laughs> the press junket is this a unique feeling it's it's a little strange <laughs> yeah I'm more used to watching these than doing them but it's fun I like to travel and I've I've enjoyed the places we've gone I should also mention Mike is moderating the live talk tomorrow it's the hottest ticket of Canadian music. It is the hottest ticket. Everybody is it really? Yeah, seriously, oh yeah. people keep messaging me and DMing me like, "Mikey, can you get me in?" I'm like, "Man, I'm I'm lucky." Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. People are yeah. very excited about it. Yeah. Oh, I better prepare. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just talking to your son. And Mike's moderating it, but yeah, yeah that would yeah. be a piece of cake. I know, um, and there's no. We've done this a couple times. It's not really 
he's not really interviewing me. We just sort of sit down and start to talk. So there are always surprises. Yeah. There may be a confession or two. Oh. Uh, I have to be prepared for those. And um, I just never know what's what it's going to be. You know, I just saw Michelle Obama speak at the oh, arena on the weekend. Okay. And she uh, has a different moderator for most of these events. But it allows the conversation to be just really, really loose. It's usually something she's, she knows and she's friends with. Mm-hmm. So it just has such like a loose feel, like talking to someone at a pub or something like that. Yeah. It's really cool. It, it's nice. It is nice. It's comfortable. Yeah. Even with people looking at you. <laughs> so. do, do you and Dave, when you do these, do you have fallback bits, though, where it's like, oh, I know where he's going here? Actually, we have never prepared one second. Mm. Wow. We don't have notes. We don't have topics. Um, we just sit down and start talking. So we, uh, we get along well. That's, <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's a better so fit. far. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we'll see about this one. But... Um, yeah, we just it's easy. We do it that way. And it seems to be more appealing to the audience than a speech or yeah, right. you know, stiff Q&A. Which yeah, I've also done speeches and so we'll see how it goes. Well, I wanted to start uh sort of go back a bit cuz in the preface of the book, you know, you talk about your own love of music, mm-hmm. uh sort of Motown and Mozart. Um and your home seemed like a sort of happy place growing up. And I was wondering if music being so prevalent in your home was a conscious choice by you as a parent, meaning like I really want to sort of have my, my children have music be a rich part of their life, or if it was just natural, meaning like I was going to listen to this music anyway, and I'm glad the kids are, are, are enjoying it. I think it was a natural thing, although I once I realized that they were listening, um, I did make a conscious choice then to try to listen myself to some of the things that they were listening to some of the the sounds they were bringing in were foreign to me and um and they didn't always love everything I loved um David never caught on to show music he never (laughs) liked musicals and um I kept trying. <laughs> you know what? You can make a good uh, like Foo Fighters musical. It's something you know how they they make those. Oh yeah, like a, I think there's a Green Day one. And yeah, like they'll take the the the. the That's the, right. So he's out on that. Mm, I I don't I don't think you should hold your breath on that. Okay. One. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll I'm tell the producers here that. in town to not pitch. Okay. I'm not expecting that to happen. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but, and classical, he listened to, and he would go with me to some things. And then um, we went out and listened to jazz every almost every weekend. There was this wonderful place in D.C. that called One Step Down, which is gone now. But uh, it was just this narrow. If you were making a movie about an old jazz club, this you you would do it exactly like this. It was dark and smoky, and quiet because you weren't allowed to talk while the music was playing. The music was why you came there. There was a a jazz band that um, started it every, it was an afternoon thing on Sunday afternoons. And then, and all the musicians who had been in town for gigs somewhere would stop by. So you never knew what you were gonna hear. You could hear jazz flute, jazz guitar, jazz singer, you never knew, and it was really fun. So we went, we did that. And, and then I listened to a lot of heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trade-off. Yeah, to you did balance it out. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fascinating. <laughs> One of the things sort of throughout the book, in the vignettes specifically, that becomes apparent is that you're a very sort of, um, 
I think you're a very open parent to the idea of like, oh, when he wants to drop out of school, you, you talk specifically about, uh, you know, school wasn't really serving him and this might be a better education right. for him to see the world. I, I'm always fascinated when you decide to sort of like do that kind of parenting because when one becomes a parent and I just became a parent, um, you either sort of like do what your parents sort of <coughs> showed you or you go, I'm going to do the exact opposite. What were your parents like? My parents were, I, I grew up in the 50s. In the 50s, we followed everyone's instructions. Mm -hmm. I never had an original thought until I was, I think, 30 years old. <laughs> uh, really, you just did what you were told. And that was standard procedure. And um, it was easy to do what my father told me to do, for the most part. <clears throat> uh, my mother was tough on me. And, um, but that you just did it, that's all. And so <clears throat> then, then with the 60s and the big freedoms that came out of that, period, things changed drastically. So, I mean, things were always evolving, always changing, and you just do the best you can. You just try to figure it out, trying to figure out who is this person, what's this person like, and um, David's now facing it with his own children. He has, he has a daughter who just turned 13, mm. so he's now having to have yeah. conversations <laughs> on the other side of the you know spectrum so with the uh, the book i mentioned sort of um the vignettes it's an interesting format you know so you have oh thanks it, it's it's wonderful it, like I, I guess i was going to ask sort of process when you were putting this book together you know uh, for our listeners you have your interviews with the other sort of rock star right. mothers mm -hmm. and then you sprinkle throughout these these vignettes uh, that are sort of your perspective on different milestones in dave's career mm -hmm. um and they're they're super informative and it's this nice sort of really great way to to read it was that your idea sort of I want you know I don't remember exactly how that how that evolved I knew that that there were lots of stories that I wanted to tell friends had been telling me for years after I come back from something and say oh, I met Paul McCartney <laughs> <laughs> and they would say oh you have the best life I wish I had your life and you should write about it and so I've always been thinking about that, but I never wanted to do a full on like memoir. Or no, yeah, no. Yeah. So, but so doing little essays, little vignettes suited me just fine. And I don't know at what point I started deciding which ones I should do and where I should put them, but it, I liked the combination. I loved the writing part of the book. It's the first book I've written. And I taught English for years, so I've been reading other people's writing forever. And I was writing along with my students much of the time, but um, I loved the whole process. I loved meeting the mothers. That was just yeah. joyous. We bonded instantly. Then I loved the lonesome process of sitting by myself and writing and revising. I just, I really enjoyed it. How was Paul McCartney? You said you met him. <laughs> Give us your Paul story. It was a life-changing moment. <laughs> he was um, instantly charming. Yeah. And um, we had a very nice conversation. And and I've seen him since. And he is um, he's just a very nice man. Yeah. Yeah. Did you grow up a Beatles fan? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've heard he is just a, a pro. I mean, your son is also a pro at making people feel good, but yes. yeah, Paul is 
knows who he is and the responsibility exactly. he has to the rest of the world mm-hmm. and, and really goes out of his way to, to make people. And have you ever seen one of his shows? Uh, you know what? The, the Beatles all? are my favorite band of mm-hmm. all time. The Beatles are I've both been, of our favorite I've bands been twice. of all time. Have you? I've, I've seen never here. been. Yeah. And you got to come I know. I got to go. You know what? Our, our friend got married and a Beatles cover band played at it, like wearing the outfits right. and everything. And I kind of happy cried the whole time. <laughs> like, 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 like it was just a cover band in Hamilton, He was Ontario. at the front of the stage crying. David yeah. had a Beatles cover band at his wedding. Oh, really? Too. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, yeah. You yeah. know what? I, it's a great I would, idea. It's a great idea. I would have thought, I was like, hey, maybe we want a little more variety, but then you get those Beatles tunes going. You're just like, no, this is all I yeah, need. Yeah, that's all anybody yeah. wants. They got the whole catalog. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you been to a McCartney show? Yes. Yeah. A couple of them, and they are just perfect. Yeah. Brilliant. From beginning to end, he just... He's a master of the stage, and he just knows how to do it. Completely yeah. agree. Um, the uh, you know you mentioned you love doing all the interviews. How much research did you do going into each one? Because obviously, like you know, your experience informs you know who you are and how the conversation is going to go with the subject. Mm-hmm. You guys have a commonality. But did you sort of deep dive on like Dr. Dre's mom, or like I really want to get into the minutia of how they live before you talked, or it was more casual? It was more casual I, with Dr. Dre's mom. She had written her biography, yeah, and she'd actually written two books, but one was out of print. I couldn't find, but I did read her book, and then I read a little bit about him because I wasn't as familiar with the rap community as sure. the rock community, and uh, so I did some. I did a little bit of research there. Most of the time, though, <clears throat> when I went in to visit them, we usually headed to the kitchen. We usually had tea. <laughs> cookies um, or snacks of some kind and I just said tell me your story what was your life like growing where did you grow up what did you have a producer with, uh, with a recorder or were you just by I yourself I did have a recorder and um, and so then I could have transcripts afterwards but you were by yourself you didn't have a team with you or I had a, in the beginning I had a partner who was um, Jill Berliner, who was my son's lawyer forever mm. and still is. She was the one who urged me to write the book oh, in the cool. be- very beginning. And so we started working together. But her work, she's a music attorney. And mm. She's traveling all the time and and way too busy. To So she was with me on the first three interviews. She was with Dr. Dre's mom kind of set the tone. You figure out sort of the format, mm-hmm. and then we had very opposite styles. She was, she was really good. I had to learn how to be quiet and listen. Mm. I did way too much of the talking. I was supposed to be getting their information, and I was mm. <laughs> just chatting and telling my own stories. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I learned from her, but most of them were were just easy conversations. We hit it off. Yeah. We have something in common that we don't have in common with many other people at all. Yep. And the fact is we've never met each other. Yeah, there needs to be a support group for Rockstar Moms, you know. As I call it a sorority. <laughs> and there you it's go. our own sorority. <laughs> and um, so, it, yeah, it was fun. And I keep in touch with them, most uh, many of them now, and have seen a few of them at shows since. And... And and I can't wait when their sons and daughters are on TV mm. to catch them and yeah. send a note and yeah, so it's it was really fun. Uh, you know, going back to sort of parenting in and of itself, it's 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 a fascinating sort of um, 
I find uh, sort of, I don't know if, if, if it's like uh, attention or like sort of like an operational thing, but when you have a, you know, two children and one is sort of incredibly world famous mm. and then the other one is sort of a civilian, a normal person, right, right. how does that uh, inform sort of the way you even sort of approach that dynamic? It's tough. Is it? It is, yeah, because you know that, you know that one of them is feeling, oh, left out or not as special as or so it can be it can be tough and everybody's faced it in different ways and it depends on how many children in the family too and how different they are and whether the other one has any notions of being in theater or oh it's a great point music or whether they're just really want to go to business school and not pay any attention to it. Um, so it's, it's, it's different. What does Lisa do? Well, she has been in the music business of publishing. She's worked for oh, okay. publishing companies. Um, and, but she's done all kinds of things. She was a pastry chef. Oh, wow. She had her own um, coffee shop down in the Outer Banks of North Carolina for oh, cool. a oh, while. Cool. And, um, yeah, she's done, she's done many. She's very artistic, too. She's done a lot of artistic things. So. What's Dave and Lisa's relationship like? <coughs> it, it varies. They fought every second of their lifetime <laughs> for about seven years, so the first seven years maybe, and um, then became friends later Yeah, mm-hmm. as they got older. That happens sometimes so. as people mature and then they yeah. become adults and they find they have more in common than right. they don't. Yeah. I'm... Uh, I'm still meeting new people, and I'm about to meet a woman um, with a musician son, and then eight other children. So I'm I'm looking forward to, to understand that dynamic. that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah. And then another uh, unusual one, um, and I just saw them again a couple weeks ago. Pharrell's mother, mm. um, Dr. Williams has three sons, and th- she had them 10 years apart. What? So isn't that, I know. Each one? No, come on. Like, yeah. you mean like, so it's like she had Pharrell, one. Pharrell, and 10 years later, so Pharrell was sort of an only child for, for 10, 10 years. years. And then the second one was born. And then 10 years later? Right. So, so Pharrell's youngest brother is 20 years younger than him. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's a story. What does she do? Yeah. She's a doctor? <laughs> She's, she's a, a doctor of education. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. She's a Virginia, Virginia Beach, yes, right? Yes, right, right. Yeah, local. Yeah. He just had a festival down there. Yeah, we it's down in there. the water festival mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. That's cool. So I got to see her again there. Oh, and, awesome. Um, and Tim. So, yeah. So, the, so there are all kinds of dynamics to family situations that just interesting well i mean and that is the fascinating thing because like you share in the book there's there's these great moments you know you talk about in one of the vignettes um at the reading festival where kurt brings you out on stage and they sing happy birthday to right. you you know yeah great moments like that and, and i think throughout the, the book there's so many sort of interesting aspirational moments that people read about um but what would be something that's difficult you know that 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 you would say is, is about being dave girl's mom that people maybe wouldn't uh know or <laughs> think about <laughs> Well, just recently. <laughs> um, Where do I begin? Finally, <laughs> someone asked me that question. <laughs> Getting through an airport with him. Ah. Oh, my. Um, we were... Where were we? Oh, we were in Texas last week. A week and a half ago. I don't know. Um, visiting Miranda Lambert and her family. Mm. 
<clears throat> and so we traveled out of Dallas. And then I'm trying to think what other. Are we talking airport. private jet or are we talking commercial? No, we're trying commercial. <laughs> okay, cool. Private jet would solve all these problems if, <laughs> if you know anyone. <laughs> yeah. I read an article about Dave that he's frugal though, so that seemed like he wouldn't do that all the time. Yeah, he's he's very generous, but he's he's that's very expensive. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. thousands of dollars an hour. Yeah. Um, so pick no. your spots, you know, only for special occasions. Yeah. Like that, yeah. I have traveled privately, and I've asked for a plane every year for my birthday and so far I haven't it hasn't <laughs> happened but going through an airport um is he's so friendly and he's so generous with people that he will stop and talk and everybody just wants to say hello and I love this music and I wanted to I, everybody just wants a half a second but um it's one step forward and three steps back and photo number one number two number three and it's tough. Um, a d- a difficult. I haven't had to um, face scandals and things like others have had to deal with, especially the women, mothers of women uh, in the business. Um, and now most of it's been fun. You happen to just be the mother of the most like beloved like universally beloved gregarious rock star maybe in history <laughs> like, so you have it pretty good <laughs> i do it's be, true because you know anybody else who gets to that level of fame would there be something that would happen at some point in time where there was a a blunder or mm. you know uh but it'd snap at them or something yeah you know? but, yeah but it's not gonna happen no. <laughs> <clears throat> i don't foresee it anyway yeah so yeah he does make that easy well, you mentioned, you know, like the scandals are for potentially like people that are mothers of women in the business. Was mm-hmm. there any subject matter when you were talking to the moms that was sort of, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go there or was everything on the table? A lot was on the table, but I al- also told them I'm not trying to write a gotcha book. I'm not <clears throat> going to be looking for scandal. And if you say something while we're chatting <clears throat> and they all knew they were on tape um, and you change your mind about it just put that on tape too and say please don't print that and yeah. and I won't so um, most of the time we just talked about things that were important to us but that weren't salacious or that's right yeah I got you and I don't know that the people that there was that much anyway of anybody that I was that I was talking to. <clears throat> so, and with some, I got, I could have written a whole book about some of them. Of course. They, yeah. And some of the interviews lasted for a really long time and some were fairly short. So it just, um, they were all different. With, um, you know, you at one point in one of the vignettes, you talk about uh, how, uh, you know, Dave was in Scream and sort of they're struggling in a van and then they sort of have this international leap with Nirvana. And you said, that's when I get worried because that's when the money changes <laughs> and they are literally, uh, they have nothing but time and money. Right. That dynamic's interesting to me because we're big NBA fans and we always talk about the jump from like sort of, mm-hmm. you know, a player that comes from a very impoverished situation and they jump into a different socioeconomic situation. Right. Um, did you find there was a common thread throughout the interviews of people Absolutely. struggling with that money that jump? Absolutely. That was the moment. That was the thing that all the mothers 
worried about. And, and depending on the generation of where they were in the 70s, 80s, whatever the drug situation was mm -hmm. at the time, how prevalent that was and how terrifying. And so a lot of us made deals with them and said, you know, you, you've got to make some promises here. I'll, I, I really want you to say, you know, that you will or will not do this. And so, um, yeah, that was, that, was the, that was the scary time because with only maybe one exception, these were all middle or lower middle class families and nobody had a lot of money to compare any kind of life, uh, famous life of fame with. And also, <clears throat> when David was becoming the musician that he became, he he knew his he, his life was going to be in music. Never occurred to him that he'd have any money. Hmm. That was just never part of the thought process. I think kids now, because of so many changes, want to be rich and famous, and rich comes first. And um, but it, it surprised all of us when suddenly he had money, and. Fortunately, he also had a lot of advisors. Mm. He had a, an accountant, a really good accountant. The same, he's had the same one for years, and a really good lawyer, yeah. the woman who s started the book with me. And so he had good advice from the beginning. So, so I'm in a band too, and I and I lean on my accountant all the time. And I said, like, can you just tell me, based on my bracket, am I spending too much or spending too little? <laughs> good for you. And yeah, and like, am I? It's like. And they do, then he gives me a very accountant-like answer, and it's very, very helpful. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you need those kinds of people around you. Yeah. yeah. I know at one point uh, they said, you need to buy property. He wasn't married. He didn't, you know, he, ha he owned nothing because mm -hmm. they traveled. He'd been traveling with a backpack and, yeah. and an old van for <laughs> so long. And um, so... That was his assignment. You got to get. It. You got to diversify your investments a little bit. He yeah. decided to <laughs> and buy a house. He didn't know where he was going to live, so bought a beach house, mm. and that worked out well for everyone. <laughs> uh, so you got a place to hang. Still, still have it? No, oh, okay. sold it. Uh, actually, at the, about the time I moved from D.C. to California, we got rid of. No one was at the beach house any longer. Where so. in California are you? In L.A., in the uh, Valley. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Sherman Oaks. Oh, cool. <laughs> We're all Valley people. <laughs> yeah. It so. is interesting to, to sort of, because when people start making music, you know, it's this sort of fun pursuit. You're doing it with your friends. You get the joy out of, oh, I wrote a song. And you mm -hmm. kind of, but you're not thinking, it's a different type of mindset, I think, to think about, like you said, diversifying your portfolio. It's like, <laughs> no one told me what a mortgage was. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's and then, right. And then it's like, you have to kind of learn these things, but it's like, who wants to take the time to learn that? You're like, I know, I'm writing music. I'm a creative. It's, I'm yeah. doing this. And you're sort of forced to, or you're going to be burned or taken <coughs> advantage of, I think, down the road. Which mm -hmm. You hear that all the time as well. Yeah. The real world can be, can get in your way <laughs> and um, give you a lot of worries. But I really, and David, when kids ask him for advice, that is... Uh, some of his advice is to get good people around you early and listen to them, and uh, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Well, I think we got to wrap it up. No, this is great. Yeah, this is amazing. I've um, enjoyed it. Yeah, likewise, and I'm excited for tomorrow. I, I guess we kind of started here, and I'll end here, but uh, do you like sort of, I mean, obviously your your son is uh, very famous, and he's the center of attention, but this is this is your time now. This is your book. You're, you're, 
You're the boss, Applesauce. Are you enjoying the attention? <laughs> uh, to a degree, I guess. <laughs> I think I prefer radio to TV because of the makeup situation. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm enjoying it. I, I enjoy meeting people. And um, so we'll see. I never know each time I, I go into one of these with David. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. So... <laughs> Ask me later. Okay. I'm looking forward to it right now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And we'll see. We'll be we'll tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. The Q&A. Are you going to ask questions? Dan? I think I'll, I'll introduce you and, you and Dave, and then I will facilitate oh, I the Q&A with the audience. Great. So okay. the audience will ask some questions. But, okay. Uh, yeah. And if, you, if you're like, I don't want to take any more questions, bro, just give me a wink, and I'll, uh, I'll shut it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a deal. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for your Thank time. you. Welcome to the dessert, uh, listeners. Uh, like we mentioned off the top, this is a very unique dessert because, uh, as you know, dessert is not our segment. It is Shane Cunningham's segment, our pop culture aficionado. Max just walked into the segment. He did not know that Shane was not here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, where's Shane? And then, I th- and then you said he's sick. Yeah. And then I was like, is he calling in? And then he said... You said, no, Erica's running the damn show. I sure am. (laughs) This is only my second dessert, and I get to run it. You're running it. Okay, so so why this is so fascinating as well is because it's not just Max and Erica and myself here. We're here with Bethan and Cody. Uh, You might remember them from an episode like, I don't know, like 10 episodes now? I don't remember. They called in from Ottawa. They're a couple that came together on Tinder uh, because they, uh, they, they listen to the pod. They're fans of the pod, so they had that commonality, and that's why they're together. We recorded this amazing segment with them that was very funny there it were lots awesome. of jokes it was one of our best segments <laughs> yeah. ever it was a heartbreaker and the the gear screwed up now we have erica on the gear but unfortunately what we don't have is shane cunningham so this morning the texts are flying around in our little pod group we're, we're planning out tonight shane has been in contact with cody and bethan and they're in from ottawa this is the only time we could do it but shane's like i'm sick as a dog i don't know if i'm gonna make it yeah he said it was the chills he said it's where you feel really cold but you're sweating mm. that kind of gross stuff mm. yeah okay Welcome, guys. Hello. Thank you for coming all the way from yep. Ottawa. Thank you for having us. Yep, it's a, it's a true pleasure. How's their mic placement, Erica? Any notes? Uh, yep, hold it closer to oh your mouth. God, okay. okay, so between the two, so, so for our listeners, they're sharing a microphone. Uh, whoever has the best mic technique, meaning can go back and forth. So. Yep. Who does more wow. karaoke? Uh, Cody just took charge there. Giddy up. Wow. <laughs> the man knows how to work a mic. See, you wow. got to get the mic on her mouth when she says stuff Sorry. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. now it's going to, uh, never mind. The, the chemistry is already through the roof. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> what brings you guys? Uh, what brings you to Toronto? Um, I went to the Florence and the Machine show Huge. at Budweiser Stage last night. Uh, just a little, oh my god, <laughs> just a little weekend rip in Toronto, nice. and we decided to take the day off of work today just to do this. So, oh, mm-hmm. uh, thank you. You're so welcome. I'm very hungover, by the way. <laughs> Did you go to Florence? I had a too? shitty day. No, my best friend was in my best friend was in town last night, and mm, where'd you brother. go? Where'd you end up? Oh, geez. So I went to the Dakota Tavern. We went nice. to Jack Astor's. It was all over the place. Nice. Yeah, you had it's a Toronto night. Yeah. The day after, the, I noticed you're wearing, Cody, a Toronto Raptors uh, shirt, like an old school one. I wore it just for you, to be honest. It's amazing. I <laughs> fucking love it. It's so cool. We actually watched the game at a stag and doe in Hamilton off of an older gentleman's cell phone. He had it held up like this, and there was about like 12 people all crowded around. So I love that. And it was great. The people like running the stag and doe were kind of pissed. They're like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why aren't you joining us at the game? The wedding party kept coming back, being like, there's games. And we're like, there's a game right here. <laughs> <laughs> 
You guys had a very uh, Mike on Much Pod experience, like Hamilton, Toronto, yeah. Raptors. Raptors, Florence and the Machine. Max was there, I was last, there last night, night yeah. too. Uh, yeah. Are we just part of the team now? Or Pretty what? much. Basically. Well, fit right in. One of the reasons we really wanted to have you guys uh, back is because of how good the segment went. Like, I know we were crushed that we lost uh, all the audio from the card was corrupt or whatever, but it's because you guys were so funny. So we're glad to have you guys back now. Happy but, to be here. Very, yeah. Very sweet to hear. Okay, but here's the thing that's so weird about this. Erica, Max and I have not been in contact with Shane other than <laughs> to know that he's sick. And Max didn't even know that. He came in, he's like, where's Shane? Uh, but from what I understand, he's been in contact with you. Yep. Um, we were chatting this morning on text, and then we had about a minute and 45 second phone call <laughs> about so 20 minutes ago. you're ready to go. Yeah, but he sent me 10 questions. Oh, Does he actually God. sound sick? Um... <laughs> no, he didn't sound that sick, actually. <laughs> you just hear a beach in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he did tell me that the grand prize for you guys is that we say your Instagram handles on <laughs> the air. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you lose, we're not going to say the Instagram handles oh, on the air, unfortunately. And a winning uh, <laughs> score is 70%. So seven questions Shit. out of 10 correct. Okay, so for our listeners, just so you know, the last time we called in, it was a dating game. I forgot to mention that off the top. Yes. Shane had set up a dating game for Bethan and Cody, and that's why it was so fun, because we basically just asked some questions that they had to answer right in order to pass our uh, version, or Shane's version, of the dating game. So now Shane should be running this. He is a great game show host, but sadly, again, he is not here uh, due to the sickness. Um, Erica will be running the dating game. Host let's, Erica. Let's Erica get into it. Here yeah, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Shall we jump in? Question number one. All right. Well, actually, first of all, so the way this is going to work is, Bethan, you're going to answer the question. So, Cody, you have to leave the room. Wow. See ya. And you have to go far away. I don't know where you this can go This is legit. Yeah. I just hang out in the, uh, little Go steal area. one but of those Emmys. But just <laughs> make sure you can't hear us. So, Bethan's going to answer the questions with Cody us. out of the room. We're going to bring Cody back in. And Cody's going to answer the questions, and we're going to see if your questions match. If they match, you get one point. This is legit. Yeah, the 10th question is... My heart um, is racing. I'm really (laughs) ill-prepared for this. (laughs) The 10th question, or sorry, there's an 11th question. It's the bonus question. It's worth two points. Oh, God, okay. And I need what percent? 70. She's got to get 7 out of 10. Yeah. But the bonus might save her. The bonus could save her, yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, I hope he's not cheating. I'm sure he I don't think he would. He seems he's a pretty trustworthy guy. Really? Yeah. Mm. How's the relationship been going? How it's long? honestly been great, guys. How long have Aww. you been together? Four, three, four months. Like not long, but it's been. I'm glad it's stuck together. I was worried you guys were going to be broke I know, up. I know. Honestly, saying we were kind of like, should we just break up, like as a bit, just for the drama? Yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> actually, let's just call it. But. Um. So, wait, so you guys met? You swiped on Tinder? Yes. He was like my first Tinder date. Were you first, first and last? No. <laughs> Uh-oh. Guys, we got to get to these questions. Let's okay, go. sorry. I just, I'm so curious. Like, <laughs> what were your bios? Like, yeah. what were his pictures? His his bio was friends call me chode. <laughs> so. Swipe right? Call yeah, chode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. What was I thinking? Question number one. Fuck. What is the most times you've made whoopee in a single day? <laughs> I want to say five. Oh, my Whoa. God. Uh, you guys, Animal. How old are you guys? What? How old are you guys? 25 and 26. Uh, mm. Young energy. Teenagers. Yeah. All right. Oh, shit. Right. Starting five. off strong, eh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's Number two. This is a multiple choice question. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like the Howard Stern show. Where right is Cody's favorite place to make whoopee? <laughs> a, the bed. B, the backseat of a car. C, under the stars. Or D, you can't say it on the pod, winky face. <laughs> What? Winky face. <laughs> um, and he's going to get these exact questions, right? Absolutely. 
Let's say the stars one. A little romantic. Under the Chode. stars. All right. yeah, Chode loves C. it under the stars. C, under the stars. Cool. <laughs> Question number three. What is Cody's most annoying habit? Oh, God, he has really stinky feet. <laughs> like, really. And he wears Toms. Come on. Oh, no socks? No. Gross. Never socks. He's a cool-looking dude, though. Yeah. Yeah. I was jealous that of that. That was too. mutton chops? Is that what he has? Yeah, that's why. Cool. Yeah, my first, I messaged him first, and I was like, man, you, you have great style. Mm-hmm. You look like you're from the 70s. He's got a cool yeah. vibe. Yeah. Mm. All right, question number four. Another multiple-choice question. Who slash what is louder when you are making whoopee with Cody? Me. Oh. Do you want to hear the options? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sure. Yes. Okay. A. Bethan. B. Cody. C. The Mike on Much podcast. Oh, true. <laughs> Make love to this podcast. Yeah. We go like we. I try to match the volume of the Mike on Much podcast, so I'll, but I'll still say me. Okay. So A. Bethan. <laughs> this is, this is brutal. This is awesome. I'm really glad Shane's not here though. <laughs> <laughs> he no, was answer asking these. Yeah. Um. All right. Question number six, 50-50 question. Not including during Whoopi, how many times have you told each other I love you? A, over 50, or B, under than 50? Under than? Uh, <laughs> less than. Less than 50. I guess A. More than 50. Yeah. Over wow. 50? I know. Man. Four months? You can get into a rhythm of saying Damn. I love you. Like, I know. You, know. you can. Especially, it was when, just it feels so especially when you're making love start. five times a day. You know, you're know, you going to say I love um, you a lot. We don't make love. We make whoopee, oh, Mike. Oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, under the stars is love, I would think. If Cody robbed a bank and in the process he had to murder the bank teller, would you keep it a secret? Keep in mind, he donated all the money to charity. <laughs> okay, so I see no profit from the bank. Guess not. It all went to charity. But I guess charity. But I murder. Yeah. I uh, no, I'd, I'd go along with it. Wow. Yeah. Man. I, know. I cannot wait to hear his. I know. Uh, Am I in the room when he answers? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. It's good. Yeah. You yeah. just can't. You can't tip yeah, him off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. All right. What is Cody's middle name? Thomas. Ooh. That's why he wears the Thomas. He got mine wrong during the first recording <gasps> of this, though. He'll know better. Yeah, I hope so. Um, all right. Next question. Do you see yourself getting married to Cody, or is it too early to say? Wow, shit. Four months. It's been four months. It's been several months. <laughs> um, it's been... Oh, fuck. I've, you know what? Let's say sure. Let's just right. go for it. it. A nice, confident It is, yeah. It's been hot and heavy, you know? Yeah. Let's just keep this train rolling. She'd keep a murder secret. Mm-hmm. I think she's down for the wedding. If Max wasn't in a band and all things <laughs> were equal, who would Cody say is the coolest male member of Mike on Much? <laughs> <laughs> I think Cody's going to say Mike. Oh. Yeah. I, I would I could see that. He's yeah. wearing a Raptor shirt yeah. today. I, do I appreciate he, that. He does want to impress you. Oh. He's like, I hope I hope Mike really likes my shirt. I hope he wants to buy it off my back. I actually contemplated it, man. <laughs> if I wasn't spending so much on fucking Raptors tickets. He's gonna uh, be yeah. pissed, I just Well I'm a fan of like five dollars. He's making a profit on it. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's from yeah. that. <laughs> all right, next question. They say love conquers all. Who conquers the bedroom during whoopee? <laughs> during whoopee. He'll say me, but I I say him, but he'll say me. So what's your answer? Him. Wait, no. me. Yeah. Yeah. Me, but I think he does, but I know mm. he's going to say me. Mm. Actually, he could surprise me and say himself. We'll see, but I'm, I'm saying, yeah, say me. Great. 
<laughs> Shane. Um, all right, next question. Are so this is question 11. Okay. Oh, this is the bonus question. No, he added one extra oh, okay. because of the number mix. Hey, he's sick. Let's cut him <laughs> some okay. slack. He's delirious. Um, they say love is blind. Who would Cody say is better looking, Mike or Max? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's say Max. You've got wow. a bit of a golden tan right mm. now, head to toe Levi's. Not a bad look. He also did not break eye contact with you while you were deciding. <laughs> I Max really, really tried to do the deep really look. Really pressured <laughs> into that one. That's true. He has nice light eyes, yeah. but I was like, wow, he's really going for it. Yeah. Max actually this. paid me a hundred bucks before we came <laughs> in here. So. Exactly. Um, okay, last question, the bonus question. It's worth two points. Okay. What was the worst date with Cody? Um, actually, uh, for one of the Raptors games, the one that went to double overtime, <laughs> we were supposed to go out for dinner because we went to the casino the night before and Cody made some cheddar. <laughs> so we were going to go spend nice. it. And then the Raptors game was on, so we wanted to watch it, and then we stayed, and then the restaurant closed. And then we were pretty drunk, and then Ottawa goes to bed at 10 o'clock, and we couldn't find anywhere to eat. Mm. So we went home and got Uber Eats in bed. And it was still great, but leading up to the Uber Eats in bed was, like, really stressful and Were annoying. you guys both getting hangry about it? Oh, 100%. I was yeah. being a real bitch. You, you were turning <laughs> so on each other. Raps yeah. Game. Yeah. yeah. And we were, like, drunk, and, like, the Raptors were, it was, like, great. Oh, wait, did they lose? They won. They lost. Yeah. The double overtime yeah, in playoffs? They, won? they did win okay. that one. So it was great. We were like, yeah, Raptors, let's go eat. Ugh. Yeah, no food. So all right, should, should I get? All right, in? sounds good. Yeah, we're going to bring him right, in here. This is all very exciting. Well, has Shane <laughs> given you any instructions as far as like, are you going to be playing music underneath some of these answers? So I, I actually asked him, I said, who do you, do you want to edit this? Or do you want me to edit this? What did he say? He said, I can edit this. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Use uh, so many obnoxious sound effects, please. <laughs> Mostly like the boner noise. Cody, welcome back. Hello. Uh, we are pleased to have you right now. Or we bring the lights up a bit. Producer Max, changing the vibe in here. Um, welcome back. Uh, Bethan has given us a lot of great answers. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> you got you to hit it that 70% mark. Eric, are you uh, ready to take this thing back over? I'm ready. So no cheating, you two. No weird eye contact, sort of blink twice for yes, blink once for no kind of thing, okay? <laughs> we don't do anything like that. It's okay. <laughs> sure hope not. Okay. <laughs> Cody, question number one. What is the most times you've made whoopee in a single day? Oh, Five? Yeah! Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! I remember that day. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you forget? I'll not forget that day. Yes. <laughs> One point. I also said five. <laughs> well, I, I I know that from the response. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next uh, question is a multiple choice question. It is where is Cody's favorite place to make whoopee? A the bed, B backseat of a car, C under the stars, or D can't say on the pod. Winky face. Hmm. Can't say on the pod. Final answer. That's wrong. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Bethany's got to be under the stars. Well, we've never done that. But I thought you'd want it. Of course. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very dreamy. I would yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? She thought you were romantic. You well, it's, oh, damn. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Lots of questions left. Yeah. Um, all right. So Bethan had to answer this about you. What is Cody's most annoying habit? Ooh. I would love a hint. Um, sh sh should we give them a hint? Because it this, this one was tough too because yeah. she didn't necessarily give a habit. Yeah. She I almost didn't gave think a this trait. was even a habit. Yeah. This is, you, like, you can't control this. And so I feel bad. Well, yeah. It could be sort of managed. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, there's powders. Yeah, like a characteristic or something <laughs> of yours. And All sprays. Right. I've got some stinky ass feet. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been Huge. wearing I've been wearing these toms for yeah. too long. <laughs> toms with no socks. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right, giddy up. She even complained about the toms. This is yeah. crazy. This is really good. Okay. Um, all right, another multiple choice question. Who slash what is louder when you are making whoopee? Oh. A, Bethan. B, Cody. C, the Mike on Much podcast. <laughs> uh, Bethan? Yes. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Nailed it. Damn. You guys are in love. You weren't <laughs> lying. <laughs> Um, all right, number five. Lots of whippy talk here. 50 50 question. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so, not including during whoopee, <laughs> how many times have you told each other, I love you? A, over 50, B, under 50. A, over 50? God. Man, so right? Did I get that right? Ding. Yeah, yeah you okay. Did. Thank I didn't think, I'm like, maybe you were going to fib and not make a scene in love. <laughs> it's been over 50 for sure. Max, when was the last time Lauren said she loved you? Like 20 minutes ago. That's hey. really nice. Oh. I was on the phone with her. Yeah, that's good. Um, Should end every conversation that way. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, but no judgment if you don't. No, that's true. <laughs> hey, people, do your own thing. We can't all be <laughs> making whoopee five times a day and saying I love you over 50 <laughs> times. <laughs> Under the stars. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. If Cody robbed a bank in, and in the process he had to murder a bank teller, would you keep it a secret? Keep in mind he donated all the money to charity. So the question for you, Cody, is would Bethan keep your secret for you after you murder to tell her? Oh, well, geez. I'd st- you'd still keep it a secret, I'd hope. I did. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Man, oh, man. Love ya. <laughs> Number 51. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, next question. What is Cody's middle name? Wait. You, he, you, he needs Bethan's middle name. He knows his own middle oh. name. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if he was like, I don't know. <laughs> what is Bethan's middle name? Uh. Claire, because Shane stumped me on this last time, mm. and it's spelt, oh, it's spelt weird though. It is, spelt weird. is it just C L A R E? It is. Oh. Wow, hey. man, that could be a bonus point. We'll see at the end. Dang, he got the spelling too. I've only missed one, right? Yeah, you've only missed one, and that's that was seven. Perfect. You guys are doing well. Um, all right, the next question. Bethan answered this. Do you see yourself getting married to Cody, or is it too oh. early to say? God. So the answer would be, or the question would be to you, Cody. Yes. Do you see yourself? Well, no. Do you see? What is Bethan down to marry you? Is oh, that you that's think? the question. Good yeah. way to frame that. Yeah. Is Bethan down to marry me? Yeah. Or do, is it too early for her to say? Don't look at each other. Stop looking uh, at each other. Okay. No uh, visual cues. We were drunk. We've been drunk a few times and have dabbled with funny talk. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are crazy. This is awesome. That's a little embarrassing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I, I felt really. <laughs> <laughs> Never felt that way before, though, with anybody, so that's cool. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, God. Man, <laughs> you guys are really inspired. i got to go home and give my wife a kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this shit. Yeah. Uh, not anytime soon, though. Marriage? No oh, rush? Yeah. No, no okay. rush, no rush. Put a wet blanket on that. <laughs> um, all right, next question. If Max wasn't in a band and all things were equal, who would Cody say is the coolest male member of Mike on Much? Ooh, <laughs> I, th- I think all you guys are cool. No, oh, but you gotta pick one. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be honest. At first, I was a big fan of Shane because I thought he was very funny, and I hope he hears this. He's not as funny as he was. Oh, oh. that's ooh, still that's funny. That's not gonna sit well. That's gonna cut deep. No, I was pretty sad to hear that he was sick today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like all you guys. I'll give it to Mike. Once Another you got it right. Yo, Did up you? top, Cody. And by the way, Booyah. yeah, 
This shirt, I think you're pretty damn cool, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and the mutton chop. And I'm, j- I'm just joking, uh, Shane, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to Okay, hold on. Now I feel bad. I will say one thing. I didn't think I was going to like the Family Tree podcast. I listened to all four episodes. Hey. See, that's how you get yourself out of that. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. fucking savvy move right there. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Erica, don't cut that part out. Oh, I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About I won't. the Family Tree. Yeah, we've got to keep that plug in. Definitely. All right, next question. They say love conquers all. Who conquers the bedroom during Whoopi? Oh, dear. Well, Bethan's a little more of a dirtier talker. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean you conquer? I don't know. I, guess. Oh I, I don't know. I guess I conquer, do I? It, we need a final answer. No, that that's... Oh, funny. this guy right here, old Chode. Mm. <laughs> mm. Bethan. I said that I think you do. But I thought that you. I would say you. Yeah. yeah. See, okay. Well. Yep. All right. When you're, God, you're learning you're a lot about our ha- sex life. When you both life. have control at different times, that's a good thing. Right? <laughs> it's got to be equitable. Yeah. We had sex in a hotel for the first time yesterday. That was sweet. That's cool. That's wow. awesome. You don't have to do any laundry. <laughs> Sheets ain't your problem. TMI or what? I don't know. Um. All right. Moving on. They say love is blind. Who would Cody say is better looking, Mike or Max? <laughs> Max. <laughs> wow, ding, you could have waited ding. like a, <laughs> a beat longer. Honestly, when I was standing out there, thirty seconds, just so you don't. <laughs> when I was me out so of the quickly. room, I was actually fuck. Max is really handsome. <laughs> oh, wow, thank so. you. Well, when Bethan was answering, Max stared deeply into her eyes <laughs> to, to help sway the decision. Yeah. Bethan probably melted into a puddle. No, yeah. I was very, I felt very pressured. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> it's cool, guys. That's um, funny. I'm fine with being the cool. You're guy. good looking, Mike. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't doing it to get a compliment. I think you should. I, I think you should grow your hair again, though. Oh, go, well, yeah. You got the great flow right now. <laughs> For those of you that can't see, uh, Cody's. We're got gonna long post a uh, cool photo of you. Yeah, guys. we're gonna Ooh. have some good stuff. Yeah. All right, this is the bonus question. It's worth two points. Not that you need it. You guys already won. You're going to have your Insta handles. Oh. What a dream. Out on here. So they've already won. Oh, yeah. They're well over 70%, they're even if they get this it, wrong. Man. This is crazy. Also, yeah. like, Shane needed to come up with a better gift than just their Insta handles. Like, we should I think it's a good one. Yeah, okay. and Shane, Shane <laughs> wanted me to, maybe I didn't do this. He wanted me to really communicate how much of an honor that would be. Right. <laughs> like, he thinks that's, like, the present that could trump all. Yeah, the prize that would trump all. Um, yeah, that matters a lot more to Shane than it does to us, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Honestly, after I said my Insta name on here, the next day I got like two followers. <laughs> I'm kind of sad. That was that it. We've climbed up slightly since then. But Shane doesn't follow me back on Instagram. That kind of bothers what? me. Oh. Oh, you know what? That sounds like a pretty I'm good follow prize. I'm going to follow you both after today because now we're friends. We've been Thank in the room. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I still need, well, I need to hear the Insta follow thing right. first. Oh. But we'll let's, wait. See, let's see we'll this last wait question. We'll wait to divulge. Bonus question. So, bonus question What was your worst date? Hmm. <laughs> well, did it take you a while to think? Sort of. Jeez, I literally don't know. They've um, all been great, eh? Yeah. <laughs> hint? Hint? Oh, like going back to a party at my house and my ex was there? Oh! That was a shitty That time. also was not chill. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> yeah, it did suck. Oh, of course. Uncomfortable. How'd you handle it, <laughs> Bethan? Seriously. Um, I was pretty drunk. And I was trying to be like, whatever. Yeah, like, I don't mind. <laughs> but then we went up to his roommates and smoked weed and watched old wrestling videos. So I had a great night. <laughs> did I, I asked her to leave, and she did not leave. Really? Yeah. You asked the ex-girlfriend to leave? And she wouldn't leave. She wow. just loves wrestling videos that much? Or? She, w- she wasn't watching wrestling videos. <laughs> oh, she, she stayed downstairs. Oh, yeah. You guys had your own. The, the exclusive after party. Oh. Weed and wrestling. Yeah. Wow. So you asked the ex to leave, and yeah. she just and says she, no. She did not leave. Wow. Yeah. 
not cool. You're way cooler than her. Yeah, big time. God, imagine if she hears this, she'll be crushed. <laughs> hey, man, still a bad date, but ultimately the wrong okay, answer. I was wrong. <laughs> so we missed out the bonus points. What was our bad date? Well, to be honest, this sounded like a great evening to me. Uber Eats in yeah, bed? No, it was it was when we were watching the Raptors and our Double dinner overtime. plans got fucked and I was super oh. hangry and pissed. That's why Ottawa sucks. Nothing's open past 11. Yeah, that's, what, that's what she said. Everything really closes at 11. Um, so when are you guys going to be back in Toronto? For the whole Art Council. Hey! <laughs> oh, really? Oh, but is Shane going to be? Are you guys going to be here for that? We're going to be guys going to a wedding? Yes, yeah, so yeah, we're going to a bachelor, bachelor party. trip. In hey, want to work a Mike on Much stand with me? We can sell some merch. Hey. Ooh. Is that actually Yo, this episode might blow up and people will want to meet <laughs> hey. you at the Mike on Much yeah. That is true. With Erica. True. Yeah, I'm down to sell some Mike on Much merch at the show. <laughs> just out of a trunk in the lot. five bucks, yeah. we can give you some yeah, relationship you advice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like you know what? Oh, in the parking lot? Yeah, with like, the knockoffs. Out of, out of my, uh, you like, the trunk of my car. Stuff? Can I have some one? I would hats. love a mom Yeah, you don't have one yet, Erica? Like a sweater. Oh, man. All right, we need to wrap this up, guys. We do. So you guys got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and I'll give you one extra point on the bonus question. You got 10 out of, wait, yeah, 10 out of 11. Good job. That's when you have to insert the applause. Should we crowd noise? Yep. Make it loud in the mic. No, no, in the mic. Hit it in the mic. All right, give the Insta <laughs> handles. That should have been where the music oh, yeah, came well, in. Yeah, put yeah, your Insta, Insta handles. Give us to him. Give what them to us. It? Mine is uh, Cody Parn. C-O-D-Y-P-A-R-N. We'll post this online, too. Yeah, Booyah. we'll at you guys. My phone's really slow. You don't know you're on Instagram. No, I forget it. It's it um, is Bethan290. B-E-T-H-A-N-290. Cool. Sweet. That's all this she wrote. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank us. you guys. Thanks for taking the Love day off work. Love is alive and well, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You two need to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all. That's our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Cody and Bethany for coming on, playing the dating game. Thank you to Virginia Hamlin Grohl for coming on and talking to us. Thank you to Erica for hosting the dating game. It was a great job, Erica. You can jump in there. Woo. That was fun. Yeah, you killed it. Thanks, Shane, for being sick and yeah. giving me this incredible opportunity. Get well soon, Shane. We missed you. The Michael Much Podcast is produced by Max Kerman. I'm your host, Mike Kerman. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend.